0: Welcome back to a new series this week. I'm really excited about this one. This is a topic that will change your life forever. And not only will it change your life, it'll change generations that go after you, your kids' lives, your family's lives, friendships. Every area of your life will be impacted by this message if you're willing to stick around, take some notes, and hang out with me for a minute. This is a revelation that when you get your hands on it, it will never Leave your heart. It'll be written so firmly on your heart what your identity is in Christ that it will radiate from you as the light of the world. If you remember, Jesus was the light of the world, and he said, Now you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world because I go to be with my Father. Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory, your new identity, no longer you who live. galatians two twenty, but Christ who lives in you is your new identity so it's up to us to unravel the scriptures about what God's Word says about who we are now that we have died to ourselves we've died to sin and it is no longer us who live but Christ who lives in us so if you're excited to join me with this go ahead and type in the comments I am in Christ and take your Bible with me and we're gonna go to Romans chapter 3 So good to see you on YouTube. Random Queen, Chantel, Mugabe, Gabby. Love you guys so much. You guys have the best names. You got great names. Kate, if you could, really quickly. Could you come tilt the camera up just a little bit? Right there. Perfect. Thank you. Romans chapter 3. Starting in verse 21. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. I want you to write that down. The righteousness of God has been made manifest. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. I want you to write that down. So the righteousness of God has been made manifest to who through faith to all who believe the word righteousness means a right standing with God. Like it says in the book of Ephesians, blameless, holy, predestined before the foundation of the world to be as perfection in the eyes of God. Let's keep reading. The righteousness of God Through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. And I want you to highlight that too. It is for all. It is for all. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus is for everybody. It's not just for Catholics. It's not just for Protestants. It's not just for Baptists, Charismatics, Pentecostals. There's no denominational pie that the righteousness of Christ is available for. It is available for anyone who would believe on God and call on His name. For it says in Romans chapter 10 verse 13, Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right standing with God is available for everybody through faith in Jesus Christ. Put that in the comments for me. Say the righteousness of God is available for everybody. This is Romans chapter 3 verse 23 now. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now I want to stop on that real quick, because this is a Bible verse that you'll hear people take this one chunk of this verse and they'll preach it as a doctrine, which it is a doctrine that people have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But it's not a complete doctrine because we're not stuck there anymore. How many times have you heard in church, I'm just a dirty, rotten sinner saved by grace? Well, the thing is, is that might be a true statement, but it's not a statement of truth. It is true. You were a dirty, rotten sinner. And it is true. You were saved by grace. But it is impossible to be a sinner and to be saved by grace. You were a sinner. Then you were saved by grace. Now you are a saint. I want you to write that in the comments. I am a saint. Look at all the letters that Paul wrote to the Corinthians, to the Galatians, to the Ephesians, to the Philippians, to the Colossians. Did he ever once start a letter by saying, this is Paul, your fellow servant in Christ Jesus, a letter written to the sinners in Galatia? No, because the Bible makes a very clear and distinct difference between sinners and and saints. I want you to put this in the comments for me, and I won't have you type a ton. I just want to get this point across. Say there's a difference between a sinner and a saint. You cannot be a sinner and a saint at the same time. The word sinner and the word saint are identification names. For me, before I got born again, I was a sinner. I lived in sin. Sin was who I was. I was a sinful being. I woke up sinning. I went to sleep sinning. Sin consumed me. Everything about me was sin. But when I got born again, the Bible says I became a new creation. And we'll get into that in a second. But the righteousness of God was made manifest through my faith in Jesus Christ to set me free. And we'll keep reading here. So it is true. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's why we must be born again. But let's keep reading. Verse 24. And are justified. So don't forget that. All have sinned and fallen short. "...but all are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood, to be received by faith." Propitiation, paid the price for, the ransom's covered, there's no longer any debt, you're brought back to the original state, reconciled. This was to show God's righteousness. Because in his divine forbearance, he has passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. We'll stop there for that. So the points I want you to get from Romans 3. Number one, the righteousness of God was made manifest, meaning you're no longer a slave to sin. Your identity, so what's an identification? I heard it put this way once. When you go to fly or travel or you go to the DMV, they say, can I have your license and identification? They want to see your identification, whether it's your passport, your license, some type or form of identification for you to move along on the path that you're going. And when you pull out your ID, your license, or your visa, you give it to them, and that is a representative of you. You're saying this license, this identification card, and me are one in the same. We are the same. Your identification is you. If you identify as a dirty, rotten sinner, that is what you will be, and that is who you will present yourself to be for the rest of your life. So as a man believes in his heart, so is he. If you believe you're still a dirty, rotten sinner after you've given your life to Christ, you will live a life of hell on your way to heaven. Because the reality of God's word says that your identity is now righteous. The Bible says you are the righteousness of God in Christ. That you've been transfigured, taken from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son, the kingdom of glorious light. You've been transferred transformed, born again, new creation, no longer a slave to sin. The Bible says in 1 John three eight. For this reason, the Son of God was made manifest in the earth, that He would destroy the works of the devil. So if it's really no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you, then the power of sin is broken off once and for all. But that's an identity issue. So when you see that the Bible says... Now you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You'll live a life where sin no longer has a hold on you. Because revelation knowledge is the power necessary to be set free from the strongholds of this life. Amen. Remember Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. What did the Lord tell his prophet? My people destroy themselves because of a lack of knowledge. When people don't have revelation knowledge of God's Word, they destroy themselves. That's exactly what you see in denominational Christianity. They lack revelation knowledge of the fact that the Bible says they are redeemed and they have now been transfigured into a saint, no longer a sinner. They are saved by grace, a new creation. That is the revelation knowledge, the identity That a man believes in his heart and becomes if he walks it out according to the word. It says that the righteousness of God is made manifest to who? To all who what? Have faith in who? Jesus Christ. So the moment that you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth, you say, I've got faith. Jesus is the son of God. He came in the flesh. He died for me. He rose on the third day. He is alive. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. The moment that that's a belief in your heart, revelation, knowledge, and it leaves your mouth, you now have authority according to the word of God to walk it out. It is your new ID. That is your ID. I want you to put this in the comments for me. Say, Jesus Christ is my ID. That's what Paul was saying in Galatians 2.20. It's no longer I who live. When he went to the airport, he didn't pull out Paul or Saul. He pulled out Jesus Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Here's my ID. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm seen as blameless, holy, perfect before the Father. And that's why I can approach the throne with boldness. When you see yourself that way and you know yourself that way, you will live a bliss bliss life. With the Lord. And God wants you to know that. He wants you to have this revelation. Because he wants to spend the quality time in relation with you. That his son paid the price for. Imagine sending your son. Your only begotten son. To die. For billions and billions of people. <clears throat> but many of them. Don't pick up the sacrifice that was laid down for them. They ignore it. It's actually vanity. It's, it's vain. For people to ignore the sacrifice that Jesus was to the earth. To put us in a position to redeem us. The ministry of reconciliation. It actually grieves God for men and women not to know that. And to be stuck in slavery to sin. Meanwhile, they're going to church every Sunday and reading the word. But that won't be your reality. If you're listening to me right now, I already know. it's. Once you know the truth, you can't forget it. And I declare it over your life, there's no doubt in my mind that from this day forward, you now have revelation knowledge that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you're going to live your life that way. Go to 2 Corinthians 5 with me. And before we read that, you got to understand That the way the Bible is written is actually as if you are in a court case. Remember, it's all written on law. Old law, new law. Old Testament, new Testament. God is a God of law and order. He's a God of law and order. So, a good way to sum up redemption in Christ is that if you're sitting in a courtroom, because the Bible says, excuse me, the Bible says that the accuser sits in the heavens and accuses you daily. So Satan, the accuser, is accusing the children of God every day. Well, they're sinning here. They're doing this. They're doing that. They're imperfect. The same way that he accused Job. The accuser sits in heaven and accuses you. Now here you have two options. You're sitting there being accused for what's happening in your life. Satan says to God, that person is a sinner. Now you can't say no I didn't sin because you'd be lying. So you can't say you're innocent but you also don't have to plead guilty. See you could plead innocent but you'd be a liar and God doesn't it won't it won't fly with God. He sees everything. Two, you could plead guilty but you don't have to. Instead three, you say I plead the blood. I plead the blood of Jesus. He paid the price. He covered my bail. He ransomed me. So you have to think of yourself that way. Did you sin? Were you a sinner? Did you fall short of the glory of God? Yes. Are you guilty? No, because Jesus took it on the cross. So he bore your punishment, bore the pain, bore the sickness, bore the disease, so that you actually got a free pass. And that's why the Bible says it is foolishness to those that are perishing. Because imagine going up to somebody and saying the Son of God, God himself, I am, before Abraham was, I am, came down in human form and died a brutal death for everything that I had done. It, it sounds foolishness because it is, but it was the plan that the Lord had all along. So by that, you're set free. So when condemnation tries to creep in, you say, nope, I plead the blood. When the devil tries to lie to you, nope, I plead the blood. Your identity is now, I plead the blood of Jesus. All right, 2 Corinthians 5, starting in verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. I want you to highlight that, write it down. A new creation. Other translations say a new creature. Hello, George on YouTube. Chantel. Awesome. Luis, good to see you on YouTube. God bless you, everybody. So the Bible says anyone that is in Christ is a new creation, a new creature. It actually infers a new DNA, all new cells. Everything about you in Christ is brand new. Let's keep reading. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So if you were a sinner and you were saved by grace, that dirty sinner was buried Put off with baptism, as it says in Colossians. The old man has passed away. All things have become new. Your blood is new. Your mind is new. Your eyes are new. Your ears are new. Your heart is new. It says in Ezekiel 36, In that day, God said, I will take out their heart of stone and put in them a heart of flesh. He says, My laws and my statutes I will write on their hearts. I want you to type this in the comments. Say, I am... A new creation. So when God looks at you, he doesn't look at your past. The Bible says he forgets it. And if God forgets it, who are you to remember it? You are who you are today and going forward. And the Bible says his mercies are new every day. Now I'm preaching to you the doctrine of grace. That God's grace has covered you. Your sins are forgiven. Removed as far as the east is from the west. But you also know, I've taught plenty, on the importance of staying clean from sin. God's grace is not just power to forgive sin. God's grace is the totality of power to empower you out of sin. That the new creation process delivers you from sin. Sin is lifted off. The sinful nature is thrown away. The Bible says you've put on a divine nature. You're no longer a carnal nature. You are a divine nature. Nature. You're not deity, you are divine nature, as Peter said. A new creation, which allows you to see how Jesus saw, walk how Jesus walked, do the works that Jesus did. Verse 18. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What that means is God's original intent with mankind when it was destroyed by sin, is now restored through faith in Jesus Christ. So you, by your faith and walking in obedience, by the power of God's grace, can put yourself, well, I can't say yourself, people get mad if I say that. God has restored you back to his original creation. So the same way that God walked in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve, God will walk in the cool of the day with you. And I remember that was for me. I struggled for 21 years to believe that God was real because I'd never had a supernatural encounter. I, and I mean, all these people, this was the thing. I had all these Christians telling me that God was so real. God could do this. God could do that. But they all lived the same exact lifestyle that I was living. There was no fruit except for one. And when I did meet a man that didn't walk like that, he walked free from sin. That is what greatly impacted me to be set free. But it wasn't until I had an encounter with God. See, the Bible says, if you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. In Hebrews 11, verse 6, he says, I'm a rewarder of those that diligently seek me. So there came a time where I drew a line in the sand. And I said, if God's word is true, this is what the Bible says. If I seek him, I should be able to find him. So I began to seek him. I began to read the Bible. I began to go to worship services. I tried going to church. I began to seek after God. And when I did, I had an encounter with God. And the moment that I had a supernatural encounter with God, nothing was the same. The moment that I had an encounter with him, I knew everything in this book was true and it was all for today. I don't know how I knew it, I just knew it with all of my being. No one had to convince me otherwise, no one had to teach me. I just knew, all right, if God really is real and he's the creator of all of this, then that means everything he's ever said is true and it'll all happen, and it's happening right now. You got to be able to take God at his word. And he reconciled me that day, and since that day, I've been walking with God every day. I wake up every day, and his presence is with me. I, I sleep, and his presence is with me. I preach in my sleep. I'll wake up in the anointing. I don't even try. He's just with me all the time. I literally got My buddy Cade took pictures of me the other day. And the Holy Ghost was literally in the pictures. Like, I feel God all the time. There's times where (laughs) I just know He's there. Because I don't have to feel Him to know. But I do. I feel Him all the time. He walks with me in the cool of the day. And that's how He'll be with you. That's what He's looking for. It's what He desires to have. All this, verse 18, from God who through Christ reconciled us to Himself, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Another uh, translation says, no longer counting their sins against them. This is the year of the Lord's favor. Remember in Luke chapter 4, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. And at the end, he quotes from the book of Psalms to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Out of Isaiah 53, I'm sorry, not Psalms. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. We are in the year of the Lord's favor, where God is no longer judging people because of their sin, but instead giving them a time to repent. And there will come a time where judgment comes on the earth. No longer counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. That means who God sets free, he'll use you to set people free. He's entrusted to you the message of reconciliation. There's an old saying, free people, free people. So God reconciling you, then entrusts you to carry the message of reconciliation. Therefore, and this is what I want you to get and highlight, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now, this is all deep. These two verses are power-packed. I want you to highlight them, underline them, text them to your grandma. God, making his appeal through us, actually go back, verse 20, Therefore... We are ambassadors for Christ. I want you to underline and put a star next to ambassadors. So through the ministry of reconciliation, God makes us ambassadors of Jesus Christ. So we know that the old man is dead, all things have passed away, and all things have become new. We've received the ministry of reconciliation, taking us back to original creation. And actually, we're even one step further because Adam wasn't redeemed. So we are seated back. Actually, no, we're not even seated back. How can I word this? We're reconciled back to a place where we are pure and holy before God. But not only are we pure and holy before God, Jesus' blood runs in our veins. Even Adam wasn't redeemed by the blood of Jesus. So we are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, the second Adam, the Bible says. So we're actually put in a different place. So when Adam was given dominion over the earth, not only have we been restored to the Adamic covenant in a sense of we we now have dominion back over the earth. It was taken from Satan. The keys of dominion were taken from Satan and given back to mankind. But we are also seated in heavenly places with Christ. That's just, it's like, it's mind-blowing. You can barely fathom it. Number three, this is all part of number two, but third point I want you to understand about this. You are an ambassador. The word ambassador means in an, an official representative. I want you to write that down. I am an ambassador of Christ, an official representative. What does it mean to be an official representative of Christ? If the president of the United States has an ambassador in a foreign nation, that ambassador holds all the power of that president in that nation on behalf of the president. I shouldn't say all the power, but all of the authority. So Jesus said, I delegate this authority. He says, all power and all authority has been given to me. I give it to you. He has made us ambassadors of Christ in the earth. We are the official representatives. Meaning not only are you not a sinner anymore, you are a saint that also holds the position of an ambassador of the only begotten Son of God. I don't think people really even fathom that. For me, I even... (laughs) You really have to meditate on it because you cannot fathom the perplexity of that. To be an ambassador of Christ, an official representative of Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. Hallelujah. So not only did the blood of Jesus deliver you from the power of sin, it placed you in a heavenly place of authority that you could never, ever, ever get to on your own. How amazing is that? Jesus traded his perfect life in replacement of your awful one, for lack of better words. He lived sinless. All power and authority in heaven on earth and below the earth has been given to him. He said, all that the Father has in John 16 is mine. And all that I have, I delegate to you. That's what the blood of Jesus does. Not only did he restore you just to the Adamic covenant, where he said, all right, now you're, you're good. You can walk with God in the cool of the day, but uh, you, you still just got to fool around on the earth. No. He said, I've actually taken you one step higher. And I've seated you far above all principalities and power in heavenly places with me at the right hand of my Father, God the Father. And then what does he say in that last verse, 21? For our sake, he made him to be sin. Jesus Christ became the entity of sin. He took all sin, all disease, all sickness on himself on that cross. That we, (laughs) so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So not only are we righteous, we are the righteousness of God. That's the difference. This is the reality. This is how you must understand your identity. No longer a dirty, rotten sinner. You are saved by grace. And you are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. All things are made new. And you believe that every day when you wake up. Because it's the word of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There is no difference in righteousness between me and God. That's what the Bible says. When God looks at me, I am in perfect standing with God. I am His righteousness through faith in the blood of His Son. <clears throat> and when you pray that way, mountains move. When you walk that way, demons flee. When you talk that way, the anointing flows out of your mouth because you're not only talking as a mere man, you're talking as a new creation, an official representative, an ambassador. Of God himself on the earth. That's what the word Christian means. Means a little ambassador of Jesus Christ. Just a little spitting image of Jesus. Amazing. How powerful. So let's recap. What did you learn? You are not a sinner anymore if you are in Christ. And if you're not in Christ, get in Christ. And I'll pray for people to get born again today. God's righteousness has been made manifest for you and accessed by faith in Jesus Christ to put you in a position to where there's no longer any barriers between you and God. You can ask God for anything and he'll be there like a good, good father. He's not mad at you anymore. You have to understand that. A lot of Christians live their life like in fear that God is just mad at them, that he's some abusive stepfather. That's not it. You've been adopted, but he looks at you the same way he looks at Jesus. He loves you. You've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Number two, in that redemption, you have become a new creation. And the power of sin has been broken off of your life forever. The power of God's grace upon you and inside of you allows you to walk a life holy and blameless. To not fool around with all the junk of the world but to walk in the authority of an official representative of Jesus Christ. And by that power, you watch what Jesus' life looked like will look exactly like your life. He healed the sick, cleansed the leper, raised the dead. These signs will follow them that believe. Not only that they believe, but they believe fully that what Jesus really did is what he did. And that it covers everything from start to finish in your life. Amen. Praise the Lord. So the power of sin is broken off of your life forever. And your new identity in Christ is something to just be in awe of. Just crazy when you think about it. And this is is a message that's probably easier preached than taught. Because this is something you just get people hyped up about. To know that God will never leave you nor forsake you. You think about the way God was with Joshua and Abraham and David and Solomon. And yet, how much more (laughs) He is like that with you. Don't ye know, 2 Corinthians 6, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost? God loves you so much, you're so forgiven, that He made you the dwelling place for His Holy Spirit. How precious, how powerful, that the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead dwells and lives in you. And gives life to your mortal body. And life to everyone around you. That is how far away from a sinner you really are. You are no longer a sinner if you are in Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to pray for people right now. And then I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end to give. I'm going to give you some updates. And I want to share some cool testimonies with you. So stick around to the end of this video. But I want to pray for people right now. If you're watching me and you know that you're not right with God. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Or maybe you gave your life to Jesus when you were younger, but you've turned away from God. I want to give you an opportunity right now to give your life back to Jesus Christ. Or to get right with God right now. The Bible says that if you'll believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that he died for you that He's the Son of God and He rose from the dead, you shall be forgiven and you shall be saved. You repent, turn away from your sins, and by the grace of God through your faith in Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. For it's not by works, so that way no man can boast. But it's a gift from God. But it takes humbling yourself, admitting that you have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and receiving Jesus as your Savior. If that's you today and you need to get right with God, I want you to pray with me right now. Just close your eyes and lift both hands wherever you're at. And I'm going to pray for you. We're going to pray together. Repeat these words after me from the bottom of your heart. And we're going to believe God's word. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe your word. And your word says, If I believe in my heart that Jesus is your son, and confess with my mouth that He died for me and He rose again. I shall be saved. Today I believe and confess Jesus Christ is Lord and my Savior. Please forgive me, Father, of all my past sins. Wash me clean. Today, I turn away from them, and I fully surrender my life to Jesus Christ. I am born again, no longer a sinner, but a saint, in Jesus' name, amen, and amen. Welcome to the kingdom of God, if you just said that prayer with me. Your life will never be the same. I said that prayer four and a half years ago, and my life has never been the same. It's only gotten better. Glory to glory, victory to victory, strength to strength. Trials have come my way, but by the power of God and by His Word, they have moved much faster than they've come in my way. God will give you the strength to live a victorious life by His Spirit and by His Word. Praise God. I'm so grateful for you. If you just said that prayer, you can go to my website after this video at RevivalWay.com and click the tab. I just got saved. I've got free material on there for you. You can watch the video about salvation. I walk you through what the Bible says about it. And you can go get all the free material that will help you to walk a Christian life. Also, make sure you stay plugged into my teachings. Now, before I take an offering, I want to share a couple really powerful stories with you. Because I cover this all the time about the power of giving. The Bible says Jesus said it came out of his own mouth. He said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Why? Because when you give, God blesses the giver more than you bless the receiver. Because it says he is able to make it come back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Such a powerful, powerful thing. But I want to share a couple stories with you about powerful testimonies that I've heard recently. If you guys haven't heard the the one about my buddy, Caesar, that I got to meet last week in Florida, he sold into this ministry $26 dollars. And he kept sewing. I think it was like every week or every other week. He took $26 and he was sewing it into the ministry. And as he began to increase, the Lord blessed his business. And he started to sell more and more. He was in, I think he was selling cars. I can't remember. Anyway, after sewing into the ministry, he ends up bringing in over $15,000 worth of commissions. And as he kept sowing, he sold like $26, $26, $100 or something like that. And then as the Lord blessed him, he sold $1,000. And then after that, he brought in $15,000 worth of commissions. And he sent me all the pictures on Instagram. It's such a powerful testimony of the law of sowing and reaping. So I share that with you to stir your faith. When you sow financial seed in faith into good soil like this ministry, You can expect God to bless your finances. You stand on His word, and He said some will reap a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. But He said everybody will reap, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So you can believe God for a hundredfold return. That's what He believed for, and He got over fifteen thousand dollars. So God blessed Him tremendously. Also, we have some friends, and I felt earlier that I was supposed to share this testimony that there's going to be somebody that watches this video and you're believing for a new apartment or you're believing for a new house, I want to share this testimony with you. My friend Steve and Shan have been believing God for a new apartment. So they sowed a financial seed into another young woman, a minister. They paid her rent. And as they put a demand on that seed, they said, God, we're believing that you'll open a door for a new apartment for us. A few days later, they get a phone call and God opened a door, not only for a new apartment, but an entire house. And it's only going to cost a little bit more than what they're paying already for rent. Just a total, and they've been looking for weeks, for months, and nothing popped up. But God showed up, boom, out of nowhere when they sowed a financial seed. So that can be your story. If you're somebody that's looking and believing God for breakthrough for a new apartment, a new house, whatever it is in that sense, you can sow and put a demand on it and watch what God will do. And uh, number three, I'll share this story because she's precious to me. She might be watching right now. Barbara Hoyt, uh, my good friend Ellie's grandmother up in Minnesota. She sowed a financial seed not too long ago. And she's been reaping in money ever since. The Lord's been blessing her. I think, I can't remember how much she sowed. She sold like $50. And she's had over like $1,200 come back to her. The Lord's just been blessing her harvest tremendously. So, and I, I had a girl not too long ago when I took an offering. I told the same type of stories. And I said, hey, sow in faith right now and watch what God will do. Because I've shared so many stories about sowing in my own life and reaping massive harvest. And this woman sowed $50 into the ministry. And the next day she won the lottery. So, and it wasn't like a massive lottery, but it was like, it was a lottery. Nonetheless, God blessed her. God will bless your giving today. Stir yourself up in faith right now and sow financial seed. I remember uh, I told you guys about that pastor that I sent $1,000 a couple weeks ago. I just felt, hey, send him $1,000. The same day, another minister sent me $1,000. And I've been reaping an increase ever since. Just amazing. I I felt to send another minister $300 just yesterday. Five minutes later, $1,300 came into the ministry. Just like that. That quick. God will show up like that for you if you're willing to be obedient and cast your bread out in faith. So I want to give you an opportunity right now that you can sow into the ministry. Oh, what happened to our camera? Kate, can you come fix the camera? You can see on YouTube. Sorry if I'm out of focus. I don't know what's going on here. Oh, there we go. All right, we're back in focus. You can see on YouTube the different ways that you can give. Through the website, revivalway.com. Cash app, dollar sign, revivalway. PayPal is revivalway. Venmo is also revival way. And I'll give people a moment here to sow financial seed and to believe God. because it's important. You know a lot of people would get angry. oh, this guy just takes offerings for the ministry. And they'll totally miss out on the fact that this is an opportunity from the Lord to bless your finances. It's true. It's very true as you guys know our goal is to reach 200 million people with the gospel currently we're feeding 25 kids every day in the country of nicaragua we're bumping it up to 30 kids very very shortly we're very excited and we're just going to keep bumping that number up as the lord keeps blessing the ministry because the bible says take care of those that can't take care of themselves feed the hungry so we do And we're very happy to. We also have eight ministries that we sow into on a monthly basis financially. And such a blessing and an honor it is. These are eight ministries that are feeding hungry kids. They're bringing people, excuse me, to Jesus Christ. Amazing ministries. So it's good soil. And right now, as a matter of fact, I want to challenge you. For those of you that stuck around, to give to the ministry. If you have a business or you have a bank account, or you've got money somewhere that you know you can loose for God to bless, I encourage you to do it. The quickest and most powerful return I've seen on a financial seed is a $1,000 seed. And it might be the hardest seed you ever give. It was for me. It was one of the hardest seeds I ever gave the first time I gave $1,000. It's not easy to give. But when you loose it, it does something in your spirit and the return is amazing god really blesses a thousand dollar seed i'm not sure what it is about it and i'm sure he blesses million dollar seeds just as much but there's something about the first time that you sow a thousand dollars that it will really genuinely change your life someone just said i just did it Sowed a thousand dollars praise the lord so i encourage you if you've never sown a thousand dollars today's your day Sow a thousand dollars and believe God at His word and watch what He'll do. And also, if you're not already a monthly partner, as you know, we're believing God for a hundred monthly partners at a hundred dollars or more every single month. And if you do become a monthly partner at the website revivalway.com, you click partner financially today, you become a monthly partner at a hundred dollars a month or more. That's right. Yes, it comes back as 10K. Do it, $1,000. That's absolutely right. I encourage you, sow $1,000 today. I'm telling you right now, I I don't think I've ever come on a live stream and actually said, I encourage you to sow $1,000. So this is the Lord. This is the Lord. I'm telling you right now, if you sow $1,000, watch what God will do. Watch what He'll do to your $1,000. It'll be great. The Lord will bless you. But if you become a monthly partner at $100 or more, Send you this book. These are the seven laws that you must honor to have uncommon success. It's my favorite book so far by Dr. Mike Murdoch. It changed my life. And you'll be added to our private Zoom group every single month. Our first session is this coming Sunday, November 7th. I am so pumped. We are going to have an awesome time. We've already got like 20 or 30 people, maybe more that are going to be joining us. And it's going to be so much fun. I answer your questions. We go into details about social media, evangelism, what the Bible says about all these different topics, and it's life-changing. It'll change your life. So I encourage you, become a monthly partner with the ministry. And some people can give more. Obviously, I set the bar at 100 But if you can give 200 or $500 or 1000 a month, do it. Absolutely. Some people give $1,000 a month. Some people give $100 a month. That's between you and the Lord. But I encourage you, take that step today. Partner with us in advancing the kingdom. And we're so blessed by you and we love you. We had a girl from Missouri. Her name is Brooklyn. And she was great. She drove all the way from Missouri seven and a half hours last week for our church launch. And she's a partner with the ministry and she's a blessing. She was such a joy to meet. And I'm so glad I got to meet her last weekend. And uh, I'm excited to meet more of you in the future. But anyway, before I get all in my feels and stuff, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I join my faith with every person right now that's sowing, and especially those that are sowing at $1,000 or more. In Jesus' name, multiply it unto them 100-fold, just as you said in your word. Let it be done unto them according to their faith. I join my faith with them now. And we thank you for the honor and the privilege that it is to sow into your kingdom. Bless them as they go from this live stream. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, everybody. I love you so much. If you're watching on Instagram, make sure you share this on your story and tag me in it. You are such a joy, and I love you, and I thank you ahead of time for your giving. God bless you, and I'll see you later.